In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. It's brought to you by Authentic Web. You know, if you want more patients walking through the door, if you want more clients for your software, if you want anything, the most powerful tool are your customer stories. Beyond testimonials that talk about you, video case stories of your success help prospective patients and customers know, like, and trust you faster. Authentic Web is a leader in video case stories that sell. Go to AuthenticWeb.media to learn more. And on today's show, we have an incredible guest, doctor, practice owner, founder of the U.S. Lead Network, and founder of R3 Stem Cells, Dr. David Green. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. So excited to have you here because you've done so much, and you've probably seen everything go right and wrong over time. But let's talk a little bit about how you made that leap from your own practice into marketing. Sure. So... Um, it's been over a decade, and I had a lot of business going on in my life. And every day I woke up, I was excited about that much more than actually going into the office <laughs> and seeing patients again and again and again. Not that I didn't like the patients, right? But you know, it's just kind of what I was drawn to. So I ended up making an exit strategy, and um, I actually owned a clinic downtown Phoenix which was a pain management clinic. And it was through that where we started getting like 80% of our patients from the web that I realized I was actually pretty good at that. I developed a whole company around those strategies. I had written a book, you know, here we are nine years later with, um, you know, nationwide clients. And it's been very exciting. I mean, it's one of these things where we got in at the right time, still are in at the right time. But a lot of practices don't realize how effective the web can be at filling up their books with patients. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I want to talk about that. You know, we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff today. I want to talk about how, how to get leads, how to make the leads convert, but also in how you're using AI, artificial intelligence to make better leads, leads that close better for, for these practices. So let's talk a little bit about using leads, getting leads, because a lot of people see that the Internet's working. They, quote, unquote, think that the Internet's working for everyone else but them. Do you hear that a lot? And then when they get leads, they say the leads are no good from the internet. Those are, I mean, I know it's two different questions, but I think they go together. How do you, how did you overcome those ideas? Well, it's been a lot of, uh, um, trial and error and error and error, (laughs) you know, because, you know, one of the things that we hear, we hear a lot of the horror stories and I actually live that too. You know, we had a, when I was in practice, we had a service that would supply us with leads. But what I found out is that, you know, they would take your practice and do listings on yellowpages.com, uh, Yelp. You know, they would basically duplicate your listing. So there's a lot of lead companies that do things that are pretty unethical. Um, and then what they would do is they would get a lead and then sell that lead to three, four clinics. Um, so... By the time you call them, 
even an hour later, they would say, oh, yeah, we already booked with, you know, this other clinic. And then so a lot of times it's not one to one. You're getting a lead that's either been recycled or sent to other clinics. Um, and it's just a very low yield, you know, and it just turns people off or the people lead companies charge a huge amount up front. And then they don't succeed, and that that money's a sunk cost. You don't get any of it back. So, believe me, I've heard the horror stories. I've always tried to look at it from the other side. Like if I was still practicing, what would I want? You know, I would want a small startup cost as possible. I would want a a company that really put the onus on themselves, and I would want the lead to go as far as possible. I realize they're not. You know, companies like mine aren't allowed to get paid per patient. That's you know illegal. Um, so we've never done that, but we try and take it as far as we can, you know, within the DOJ and all that. So that's what we do. Um, and our, I guess you would say our complaint rate is, is so low because of that. Um, I mean, there are intricacies I could get into, but you just do it the right way. I want to talk about that doing the right way, because if I'm working with a lead company and I'm getting leads I don't know what the right way means, right? It's just, oh, you're delivering me a lead. But like you were saying, is walking them down the path as close as possible. What are some of those things that you do to walk a potential patient down the path as close as possible that someone could replicate in their own practice? So a lot of leads uh, that would come in from a lead company would be something that they generated um, maybe from a free download or something online, but it hasn't been vetted. At all, they haven't actually spoken with that person. They haven't found out, you know, are you? Did you just want the download, or are you actually looking, you know, to maybe have a free consultation or something? So, lead companies really should vet their leads. I realize it may cost a little bit more, but when you do the math, it's you're going to have a much higher yield. Um, the other thing is, you know, you really want to figure out what's the lifetime revenue for a patient. You know, if the patient's worth $1,000, it doesn't make any sense to spend, you know, over 500 to get someone in the door. So you need to understand, you need to keep track of attribution. How many leads am I getting per patient walking through the door? So the more the leads are qualified, the higher that yield's going to be, and the more it mathematically will make sense. So whatever that qualifying should be, like, well, for instance, if someone tells us, we only take this list of insurances and we don't take people who, whatever, they're pregnant or they have active cancer or things like that. You know, the more you can push a lead company to work with you, that's what will, can lead to a long-term relationship with a lead company as opposed to, you know, yeah, I'm only paying $10 a lead. All right, well, that lead's going to five other companies. There's no vetting. So you might convert one in 50. That's a $500 acquisition cost. Whereas if you got a lead that costs $75 and they're ready to schedule pretty much every time, and it's, let's say it's a one in three, that's a $225 acquisition cost. So a lot of it comes down to what are you getting? Are you getting a recycled or a lead that goes to three or four, or are you getting one that just goes to you and it's got some vetting behind it so there are people are actually ready to schedule? And I, I think, I mean, you said a lot there. First of all is the qualification of the lead. Because I, I do, most doctors qualify the leads before they walk through the door when they get a call. Are they doing it on the phone as is, or are they most of them just taking an appointment and then then doing the qualification? 
Well, it is it is a huge issue what you just kind of a loaded uh, uh, point because you know some practices have a lot of turnover, so the people at the front desk are not always you know trained well to actually coach. They're making a sale basically, trying to get mm-hmm. somebody scheduled. They need to have a script, and that script needs to include some role playing behind it, and you know, the ability to lead somebody along, overcome objections. Some people are going to be easy. They're going to be good to go. They've done their research and they want to schedule right now. Others are going to have a lot of questions. And the way to, you know, have a lot of success is when you can really convert those um, with proper scripting because you can't expect your front desk people to be doctors or nurses. you mm-hmm. got to give them the tools to succeed. So if they're not succeeding, in all honesty, it's your fault as a practice owner. And I, I, because I mean, I've worked with professionals for a long time and I've heard this complaint across the board, not just for, for us, but just in general saying people from the internet aren't as good, but I think you make a huge point in saying that, you know, the ones that aren't laying down the ones, and that's what we call it in sales. Like someone lays down and just says, okay, um, are your big opportunity. And how does someone go about making sure you said having scripts for them? Is there a resource? Do you guys have a resource of, of making sure that, um, you know, that they've trained their front desk people properly to handle these leads? So we do, we have, um, a staff that actually helps with the sales training process and either it's in person or over the phone or both. Uh, but ostensibly what happens is the sales training person will go in and work with either the whole staff or whoever wants needs to be involved with going through that scripting and role playing. It's always good to do some secret shopping with other practices in the in the area to see what they offer. You know, because they may do price matching, they may do um, additional value add or you know what have you. So it's good to know what your competition is doing so you can speak knowledgeably about that. But without you know, having a, um, a playbook and it's just a lot to throw somebody to the wolves like that. So we do have a staff that actually helps make the playbook for success. That's amazing because it's, it's, you know, it, as the onus always falls onto the internet marketer, the person doing the marketing and there's only so far, like you were saying, legally, there's only so far you can take them. So <laughs> you can't close the patients for them. Uh, and get paid for it. So, you, I mean, you could, but you can't do it on a per lead basis. So that that's it's an important fact that people need to be paying attention and consider it part of their marketing. Um, why don't you think that people spend more time on this? Because I, you know, I hear this over and over again, and I, I don't want to get too far off the internet marketing standpoint. But you've seen tons of practices. You've had your own practice. I've seen a lot of practices, and I see people you know, top 30% of the time paying close attention to this. Why do you think they avoid it? Well, some of it is time. You know, most physicians are super, super busy. I know I was, you know, getting up at 4.30, 5.30 to go for, to rounds and then OR and then trying to see patients in between and then catching up on dictations. I mean, it's, it's 12 to 14 hours and then, you know, you got uh, family. So, it's one of these things where what more time do you have? But at the same time, if you can grow that part of the practice, then maybe you could hire another partner to to grow the practice as a whole. Uh, but it's one of these things where a lot of it is just they don't understand. Um, I mean, most physicians are super smart, 
But at the end of the day, a lot of them don't have that skill set and they don't have time to gain it as far as how to do these things properly. So if they're a onesie twosie, they they might not have a so-called, quote, marketing department. So they just expect, you know, the outsourced marketer to have it. And they usually don't. You know, Mm -hmm. they usually just are good at pay-per-click or something. But they're not actually good at the patient experience once the click happens. They may not understand how to do retargeting properly. You know, only what was it, like 5% of people who actually click are actually going to initiate a contact. Yeah, and you that's know, so on that the means, high end. That's yeah, you're I spending end. like 20 clicks, you know, to, um, to get somebody to contact you. So are you doing retargeting? Um, how are you staying on top of these people? Are you using live chat? Um, you know, a lot of physicians, it's just a matter of time and, you know, skill set. Yeah. And I agree. And, it, and it's, it is a time thing, but like you said, it's, it's, you've got to decide if you want to be a business or you want to just be a practitioner, because if you want to be a business, then you, you, you go hire the associate, you hire someone else and you hire the right people and, and you take a little bit of that hit, spend a little bit of time. How did you manage that transition? To- well, when I was in practice, you know, it was, I used to meet with the marketing team cause the whole thing fascinated me. But at the time, I, like the rest of my partners, looked at marketing as just an expense line item. Mm-hmm. When I actually owned my clinic and I was learning, spending the hundreds and hundreds of hours because I didn't have to you know, go to see patients every day, I realized that marketing is not just an expense line item. It's a huge opportunity to, uh, yeah, lower your expenses by doing it better and better. You know, but also um, it was a way to get, you know, the three, four, five X ROI. So I looked at it more of as an opportunity maker as opposed to just an expense. So, you know, once I saw I got a little taste of how good it could work, then I started, you know, doing a lot of YouTube videos on my own. I started blogging like crazy, press releases, you know, all the things that I wrote this book about. But mm-hmm. you know what was one of the best was video. You know, you do a lot of video, and that was one of the best ways of capturing new patients. And this was 10 years ago. Yeah, and that was 10 years ago is when people barely even watch, didn't watch anywhere near as much video as they do now. Um, and tell me a little bit about the videos you made back then that worked. So I started out very low uh, budget. I would go, you know, the pain clinic was in Phoenix, so I used to go outside there's like 30-some points of interest in Phoenix, so I decided to go to each one and shoot videos in front of them. I'd tell a little story about that point of interest, and then I would talk about a topic, whether it was facet blocks or radiofrequency ablation or whatever. And they used to do those a few times a month, so it was a pretty steady stream. And, you know, we got up to well over 100, and some of them had 50, 60, 70,000 views. Um, wow. So... But it's interesting because at that time, Google, that's when Google started putting videos in with their search results Mm -hmm. because they had bought YouTube and they really wanted to push it. Um, So that was fascinating because when that, that's when our, our inquiries really started to shoot up um, because it was just sort of fortuitous at that time. Yeah, that's awesome. And what, what was your most successful video? Uh, It's something, it's one on radio frequency ablation. Um, I don't know what it's up to now, but it's got to be over a hundred thousand views. I mean, I realize it's not Justin Bieber views, but you know, these are, no. <laughs> are people who are looking for treatment, um, you know, and, and 
Yeah, so I have a few around 100,000. Well, I, I think that's a, an amazing amount of views because I, tell, I, I talk about that and everyone asks me, like, well, what's a good amount of views? I'm like, well, if you have something that's very specific and it converts a lot of people, I mean, you could have 30 views if you make $50,000 off of it, which I've seen happen before. It, it works. So, I mean, yeah. 100,000 views is fantastic. I'm sure it's brought you in a lot of business. Yeah, I mean, also when I switched from owning the practice to working for other practices, you know, that video alone still brings in, because I own that phone number, and when people call and they want to get RF procedures, you know, I feed them to one of my clients, and it's a very high-dollar procedure. So those are, like you just said, I mean, you can make a lot of money off of a video that just seems to, I don't want to say go viral, but, it, you know, it gets high ranking on YouTube and people watch it. And if they happen to be in your area, they may want to sign up for treatment. Yeah. And it's a very, I mean, it's very specific. It's not general, like getting rid of pain. It's a very specific thing that if someone's looking for it, they know what they want. It's a long tail search. So you know, right. they're close to that buying decision, which I think is important for people to understand because I see people make these general videos and that's awesome that your most successful video is a very specific video. Um, so now let's talk about, so you moved into the shift into the U.S. Leads Network. You wrote a book. Tell me a little about the book and how, and how it works with the U.S. Leads Network. Yeah, so the initial book I wrote, I actually have a part two uh, updated, but I basically used all my experience from what worked because um, there was a lot of errors in those days and still are. You know, we're always trying new things. But I realized that um, I was like, well, how am I going to have time to write a book? Because that was like nine years ago. I was not only did I have the practice, I was also going to um, business school at the time. So I realized it took me an hour to go back and forth to business school. So I dictated a chapter every time I did that. Um, And there's always a concern of if you give out all of this innate knowledge that you have, you know, your sort of secret sauce. Is it just going to be one of these things where people take it and they don't need you? The answer is the opposite. It's so much information that, you know, it's very, very, very difficult for somebody to even contemplate doing all that on their own. So it's actually a great way to provide information but also get people interested in in me as a company. And then years went by and I realized that some of the techniques were not – you know, as, as efficacious anymore as what some of the newer techniques were. So I just updated the book about six months ago, you know, with some of the, some of the text information was the same, but a lot of it needed to be updated. And that book is the ultimate guide to healthcare internet marketing, correct? Yes. So if you go on Amazon, for instance, you'll see the old one and the new one. And it's a, it's a Kindle download. Um, and it's not a long read, probably take a couple hours at least, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, everything. Well, there's some new stuff with artificial intelligence, but with most of the things that are in there, um, are all the things my company does to generate leads. Awesome. So you're generating leads and, and tell me who do you generate leads for with us leads network? So we work with a lot of different practices. We also work with some medical device companies and, you know, so it's not just, um, and we also generate a lot of leads for ourselves, you know, for B2B. Um, but we work with pain management practices, orthopedic practices. We work with, uh, you know, for instance, spine surgeons and uh, podiatry, fertility. We do a lot with uh, weight loss. Um, 
anesthetics, a lot of stem cell therapy leads. We generate many thousands a month for those. Um, off the top of my head, those are the main ones, but I'm sure there are others awesome. we do as well. So let's talk a little bit about stem cells because, you know, we work and you know, we've done videos for a lot of stem cell clinics. Um, and it's it's a unique situation because of just the point it is in the market. You know, it, it's it's and I'm sure you've seen a few of these things come and go, but it seems like stem cells are here to stay because you some hit the peak in research. So when you're marketing stem cells, when someone's marketing stem cells, what do you feel are the keys? Are Should they be selling stem cells? Should they be selling their practice? And by selling, I mean, what should be the focus for them? Or should it be a combination? Well, there's a bit of a formula that we've been using with marketing for practices. Um, and a lot of the cornerstones on education, because most people don't understand a lot about stem cell therapy. They don't know what it can and can't do. They don't know what's ethical and what's unethical. Um, they think the whole thing, all these stem cells come from what they used to back in the 90s with aborted fetuses, you know, things like that, which is just not the case. So I've written several consumer guides, which, you know, patients can, prospects that patients can get for free on our websites. I've done a ton of videos on for instance, what's the difference between PRP therapy and a stem cell treatment? That's probably my highest viewed video on all of this. Um, but it's one thing for a practice to just take their website and add a page. Like, oh, yeah, we add stem cell therapy. Here's one page about it. But you know, these are not cheap procedures. There's a lot that goes into it. So the more you can really establish yourself in that field with a separate web presence, maybe even separate branding – and a full-fledged campaign of education, the better. Because, you know, people think, oh, this is just easy, easy peasy to add this to the practice, when in actuality, it should be viewed very differently. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that's a big point for people to realize is it doesn't fall within their – and I see this in, in a lot of businesses where they just think they're going to slap a pay, web page on there and then look like the expert. And they don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, and what are some of the other big mistakes besides that that you see people making? I mean, because if you're driving leads to them, they should be rolling in the dough <laughs> and helping a lot of people at the same time. Because stem, I mean, I've seen it. You know, we've I've interviewed a lot of stem cell patients. They they there's a lot of success out there. What are the what are the the, now that you're helping a lot of people sell the stem cells, sell the, this part of their practice, sell the therapy, what are the mistakes you see them making? Well, one we touched on earlier was the front desk. They, <clears throat> for a practice that has been insurance-based for years, you know, it's not an insurance-based procedure. So, for instance, we had early on years and years ago, we, you know, we record all of our calls with uh, notification online. But uh, one of the things we noticed was some of the clinics were saying, oh, well, if you don't have an insurance on this list, then we can't even schedule you. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is not an insurance-based procedure. This was an area where a lot of Canadians come down as snowbirds, and you know they have the money to, to seek out these treatments. So if the proper training isn't in place for the whoever is taking the calls or the practice doesn't have a point person – who's knowledgeable and to go through the scripting and help get them on the books. It's a recipe for disaster really is. So that's one big mistake. And another one is 
when you get the people in to the practice, what's the process for, you know, one, getting them clinically seen, but then two, selling them on the procedure, because these are not inexpensive opportunities for them. Um, so that was a huge problem that we've seen that we've helped um, not eliminate, but minimize with our sales training so that people make it almost like an SOP. There's a standard operating procedure of how, you know, like in Congress, how a bill becomes a law, how a lead becomes a converted patient. And when we were talking a little bit um, before the podcast, before the interview, about the difference between live leads and and you t- touched on a little bit more difference between live leads and intakes. How do you handle those two differently? Well, so there's a fine line because you have to realize that a lot of people don't search for their healthcare needs during office hours. I mean, they're at, at work, mm-hmm. um, but some do. So we've um, on our research over the years, we know how much more. Um, by a factor of something, probably a factor of 10, how much more effective generating a lead is when someone can actually speak to them and get them on the schedule and they can hear someone's voice and, you know, people want to be heard and they want to, there's an emotional aspect to, to selling. So if they can hear that empathy and, and concern in somebody's voice, um, they'll be much more likely to schedule as opposed to, a contact form that comes in where you're playing phone tag back and forth. Um, so most of our marketing is geared towards trying to get leads during business hours when someone can speak to them right away. Um, and that's another mistake that people do is they'll take a lead and then they won't ever take the call. They'll talk, they'll call them back like 48 hours later <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're coming to us going, well, I don't understand. How come we're not getting any, any patients in for it? Because you're not booking them. You're not calling them. So I've seen that so many times. I can't even count. Yeah. And, and so I know the answer to this, but <laughs> I'm going to ask you for your response. How fast should – what's the half-life of that lead, of that phone call? You know, I, I'd say that the half-life is probably half an hour to an hour. Um Studies show that if somebody calls for something that they need right now, like pain management, if someone doesn't take the call, oftentimes they'll go down the list, whether it's a chiropractor, whether it's a pain doctor, because they really want to get on the books and they want to get on the books quickly most of the time. So, you know, we have practices that are big and they're busy and they want to grow, but they don't have somebody who can take the lead and they get them back to them 24 or 48 hours later. You know, it's it's tough for them to you – know, but I would say the half-life is, yeah, like an hour. It's amazing. Maybe less. Yeah, and, and you have people calling back, you know, 12, 14, 24 hours later. Um, and, and the value of those leads are just throwing money out the window. Uh, and there's – I mean, and so I know you all do it, but there's a lot of services out there that people can get at least to if, – if they can't find someone to respond to them, respond to the leads – um, and, and get you on the phone. Um, so, but I want to get into, because, you know, our time's coming up, you so much good information here, but we've talked a little bit about artificial intelligence and I think it's really cool. Like just talking a little about it, what you're doing to make sure these leads are 
as primed and as good as possible for the doctors you're working with. Tell me a little about how you guys are using AI and how you got into it. So I've been thinking about AI for a few years now, but I didn't really know the technology. It wasn't there yet. So recently I went to a few meetings where, you know, I found out that we're, we're not, you know, uh, uh, it's not an all-in-one solution, but there are some pieces of the puzzle that are really effective now. So we implemented what I thought would be really effective, and we did this about two months ago, and it's working like gangbusters. Um, the, the way, the biggest problem, not the biggest, but one of the biggest problems that a lot of practices have is, you know, they don't have attribution. Like, they don't know where, you know, Henry Ford said, I know half of my marketing works. I just don't know which half, right? (laughs) So how do you know, okay, where should I deploy the most resources, you know, to get the biggest bang for the buck? Um, It does get very complicated because a lot of times it's not one time that they see you before they call. It might be that they clicked on Google and they were like, yeah, I'm busy. I got a meeting. And then you might be effectively retargeting them on Facebook so it may be the sixth time they saw you out on Facebook before they actually call you. Um, so is it the interplay between those? You know, how many times overall? Could be they saw you finally after that on a billboard or heard you on the radio. But what we wanted to do was get as much data as possible and then actually make it actionable data. So the way our system works is um, everything comes down to be tracked or there's back-end coding with either like a Facebook pixel or Google or Bing code um, so that we can track these people um, along the patient acquisition journey. So, for instance, all the phone calls get recorded, and that recording then goes through a transcription process. And transcription used to be really bad with these campaigns, but it's gotten to such a level now where it's very accurately transcribed and it's separated. So you have the side of the agent, the front desk person, and you have the side of the prospect. So then you have the machine, the AI machine that looks at keywords. It looks at in semantic indexing, like how those keywords are put together. And it can do lots of stuff with that. One, it can score the lead. So based on these keywords being present, it, it, this lead got a score of 8 out of 10. Or nothing was talked about with scheduling, so it got a score of four. Um, So if it does it the right way, then what you get is you get, one, the transcription with all the keywords and everything. But two, you get the score. Three, you get the time of day, the day of the week. And you also get the keywords that brought the person to making that call and the medium that was used. So you get a lot of backtracking data to then look at the output, whether it's on a, a pie chart or whether it's on a graph. We get it as a, look, we get a few graphs. One has the whole country. We can see where our leads are coming in. Two is we get a time and day chart showing in color when the best leads are coming in. If we see the best leads are coming in on Tuesday between 9 and 4 for a specific client, that's where the resources should go. And then we can look back. And we can see, okay, these are the zip codes that are producing the best leads. Um, we can correlate that with third-party data, like from Experian or things like that, to drill down into the demographics of these folks. So we can say, okay, we need to put more resources from 9 to 4 on Tuesday in these four zip codes 
because we know that those are when the best leads that are scheduling are coming in. So it's been a, and then we also, you can say, okay, well, these are the keywords we should bid more on because these keywords led, led themselves to more patients being booked um, during these days and times. So if you're talking about really getting in the weeds with an automated system that actually can give you actionable data, it's been remarkable for, you know, typically we can have the spend and double the output of patients getting on the schedule. Wow. That's, that's, that's a lot of money. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Um, so this has all been fantastic. If someone wants to get in touch with you, the best way is, you know, we've got this for stem cells. It's r3stemcell.com. Uh, and you can find out more about being a provider there. And with those services you provide, tell me a little about the uh, services you provide with R3 Stem Cell. So there's different engagements that we have, but the most popular is our partnership program where, and we call it that because we're not just providing, you know, a, a service a la carte. It's actually a partnership where oftentimes I'll come in and do seminars for the practice. We get leads, we vet them, we can even schedule them for the practice. We have great biologics. We have a sales training program. Um, each client gets their own micro website with us. They're about 10 pages with unique content. Uh, we have all the collateral you could ever want as far as all kinds of posters and banners and the consumer guides that we've got printed out, email marketing programs. So it really is an A to Z uh, partnership that we provide and we give exclusivity as well for a certain radius around the office. Um, I just feel like we do that better than <clears throat> any of the other vendors out there who just, they don't have what we call a partnership. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's great that you do that for, you know, st uh, soup to nuts. And if someone isn't selling stem cells and w just wants, has a healthcare practice that they want to get leads for, you have the U.S. Lead Network. Tell me a little bit about how that works. So usleadnetwork.net and Ostensibly, what we do is either we can do a flat fee program where we build beautiful websites and maintain them and market them, you know, just like a standard agreement. The other one is we do a ton of, uh, like I said, lead generation where it's basically pay for performance, you know, as far as we can legally take the lead. Uh, we also give exclusivity. We set up these campaigns with our experience, and we have like five different teams that do all this. Um, so the client tells us what they want, um, specifically, we need to know, and, and then that's what we set up our campaigns to achieve that. And a lot of times they work really, really well. You know, there's been a few that we got burned on, but we got burned, not the client, <laughs> right? So, that's, that's awesome like it, for the client. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's okay for us. <laughs> Um, that's fantastic. And they just go to usleadnetwork.com and contact you, and, the, and you, they can set up a call and talk to you. Yes, yeah, usleadnetwork.net. Oh, sorry, .net, sorry. .net, yeah, we have a, a nice website there. And, you know, there's a few things that also we can do that are interesting. So, for instance, we had a campaign last year where we are working for a fertility doctor, and he had a reputation problem. And it wasn't really his fault. It was a, a case where a mistake happened. He fixed it. The person had a successful pregnancy, but um, you know, there was a lawsuit and everything. And 
So if we're trying to do a, a lead generation program and we generate leads and then people see that on the first page, one case in like 30 years of practice, um, we have a reputation management team that can help generate you know, good reviews and push those things down. So all of it, you have to look at it from a holistic point of view is what's the problem here? Mm-hmm. And you know, we've seen this time and time again, you know, either A, physicians aren't perfect or B, they got snagged into something that was kind of a third party that you know, it really wasn't their fault, but they got on the front pages with it. So, you know, we can help with that too. Reputation management is so important now with reviews and what people see when they do. They just, you know, might just look at the first page, right? But mm-hmm. it can really shut the phone down if they well, don't like what they see. And I think that, uh, you know, we, we really didn't touch on that. And I'm going to take a little bit more of your time because I think that's an important point for people to think about is their rep- online reputation. Even if you're surviving on referrals, your online reputation matters. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, where's the first place everyone goes is they Google your name. But it's it, are you doing it just for their name, for the name of their practice? Tell me a little bit about that, because it, it is important, that whole first page. Well, for, for this physician in particular that we did it for, we had to take every iteration of their name and longer tail keywords because you never know what someone's going to type in. It might might be their name, you know, doctor this, this, or it could be this, this, MD, as opposed to, you know, so – we look at all of that um, and then put out content and get reviews and things to help. But people don't realize how important that is. I mean, um, in a lot of lead generation programs, uh, we met with practices and they say, oh, we get a lot of referrals too. But it, which, when you delve into it, you realize that most practices, only 65% of referrals actually ever show up. Uh, what, happens, what happens to the other 35%? Do they get better? Or they have a PPO plan? And they go online and they look up the reputation and they're like, yeah, I don't want to go see that person. I'm just, I know I need this. I'm just going to pick somebody else online. So if you're losing 35% of your referrals, you got to figure out why. Yeah. And, and that 35% number, what's really scary about it is that you, less than, probably less than 90% of those people you ever know you lost. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. yeah. And who couldn't use a 30% raise? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the whole adage of patients aren't going away. They're going away to somebody else. So Mm -hmm. they're out there. If you're not capturing the question is why. Am I missing the audience? Am I capturing the audience? But then they look me up and they're like, yeah. Or what is it? Maybe your website doesn't look as jazzy as it's it's stupid to think about. But people look at your your website as an outshoot of you. Oh, yeah. I, I judge everyone's website. You know, you yeah. know, I'm, sometimes I see websites and I'm amazed that when I walk in the office, how nice the office is. And I'm expecting like this smelly old office, whatever practice, whether it's lawyers or doctors or dentists, because I look at their website and I think, man, this office is going to be bad. And then they right. have a nice office. And I mean, we're all judging. So that's a critical, critical thing to realize. Yeah, it's um, attention to detail, too. So if you have a lot of misspelled words on your website... You know, people have this subliminal thing like, well, what else are you not paying attention to? You know, mm-hmm. you, you just it just kind of goes there. The mind goes there and you don't even you know think it would. But, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I know it's overwhelming for for you as a practice, but I, I'm sure you have plenty of stories, Dr. Green, of people that call you up and like my business has disappeared. 
And because it's one of those things that just happens. It's not one of those things that gradually, usually gradually declines. It's like usually, bam, their business drops 50% in six months. I've seen that too. I'm sure you've seen a few of those. Yeah. So, you know, it's like in, um, uh, like investing, you know, the, the, if you, the more diversified your portfolio is the less apt you're going to be to suffering a downturn. That's just what the stats show, but it's really no different from a practice. The more diversified your practices in the way they acquire patients, then if you'd suffer a hit, the less you're going to, it's going to take a hit on your, your book of business. You know, if um, your biggest referring doctor leaves town or passes away or what have you, chances are that that might not resurface. Mm-hmm. They may end up those patients may end up going to other practices that don't like you and don't refer to you. So people think the internet has the lowest yield, but in actuality, it's the uh, lowest cost outside of word of mouth and just referrals, um, much less than TV and radio and print. Print is just not nearly as effective as it used to be. Yeah. So. Yeah, it has to be all used in combination because people are going to go 20 different places before they decide. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Dr. Green, if you had one thing to tell all the other doctors out there, like go do this right now, besides hiring you, uh, (laughs) (laughs) what would it be? Um, I feel like, that would be the first thing is, you know, try and outsource this because it's a lot to take in and, you know, outsource it to us. But if I had to, one thing, one of the biggest things in in the book that I wrote is that, you know, it's so important to publish consistent content and not to look at content as a spring cleaning type of effort. You know, if you have, whether it's you publishing it or an outside company like ours, you know, we have teams of writers and, don't just repurpose other people's content, but you want to write about current topics. Um, you can newsjack where you look at something like a, a story on Tiger Woods or a celebrity and bring it home um, to rehab, whether it's an addiction treatment center or something. But publishing content is the best thing for your reputation in the eyes of Google and Bing. And even patients will see, well, these guys are really on top of all this. Um, but that's the biggest thing is, is just more and more and more content. Oh, that's, I mean, it's, it's a classic thing to tell people, but they, you know, it's the fundamentals that work and you can look after all the sexy stuff out there, but the fundamentals are the fundamentals for a reason. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, all right. Well, Dr. David Green, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Ian. I appreciate the time. And if you want to, once again, if you click on the show notes, click on that image, you can get a link to r3stemcell.com and usleadnetwork.net. Both the places are great resources for you as provider. Um, and thank you all for taking Dr. Green on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. If you haven't signed up already, make sure to sign up for the free training. It's free for a limited time. The Level Up Video Marketing Training. Really take your business to the next level. Just go to authenticweb.media slash level up or click on the show notes and there will be a link right there. I look forward to seeing you in the training and look forward to seeing you level up your business. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. 
If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.